Hi, and welcome to Talking with Painters, where Australian painters talk about their lives and art. I'm Maria Stolger, coming to you from Gadigal Land, and this is the third episode in my series, When I Won That Art Prize, where I go into the archives and bring you clips of artists talking about how they felt when they won a major art award. It excludes the Archibald wins, though, because there's a whole episode on that with 16 guests remembering winning that prize, and that's episode 115, and there's a link to that in the show notes. You might know that I'm taking a break from new interviews for a while just so I can get my YouTube channel up to date, and I'm pretty excited to report that last month the YouTube channel hit the milestone of 1 million views. So thank you to everyone who has watched. Hopefully they've inspired you or informed you in some way, and thank you, of course, to all the artists who've been willing to be filmed. If you haven't checked it out, I've put a link to the channel in the show notes. The videos are ad-free and you can also subscribe for free so you don't miss any new ones. The most recent videos are related to the Archibald Wynn and Sulman Prize announcements, but most videos on the channel are of podcast guests in their studios or at the galleries. There are currently 183 videos to choose from. But in this episode, I'm taking you back to my interview with Megan Series, who won $150,000 in the Doug Moran National Portrait Prize in 2016 with her painting Scarlet as Colonial Girl. And you can see an image of that work on the website talkingwithpainters.com. And as with the other episodes in this series, I've done a re-edit of the master recording, so you're going to hear some additional material not in the original episode. And out of all the award-winning artists I've interviewed, Megan probably expressed the most shock on her win. Well, I'll just quickly describe it. It's called um, Scarlet as Colonial Girl. Yeah. And it is just this absolutely beautiful um, painting. It's a portrait of her in like colonial dress in a black mm-hmm. dress with a lace collar and but with this amazing evocative... Um, almost mystical background um, of what appears to be like a bay with a yeah. with an orange yellow green sky. I mean that sky is just amazing. Thank you. Um, and I just want to quote from judge the judge you mentioned, yeah. Doug Hall, who said yeah. that it's subtle, it's withheld, it's beautiful, it's ambiguous, and we were overwhelmed by it. <laughs> what a lovely thing to say. But no. you know what? I, when I went and saw it at yeah. Juniper Hall, I was quite transfixed as well. There's something quite magical about it. Um, can you tell me a bit about how it came about? Yes, I can. Uh, so Scarlett was doing colonialism. Right. Uh, at school. And at school, yes. And she came across this. Uh, girl, Mary Wade, and she was fascinated by her and she took it to the teacher and, and there was a, um, a part-time teacher there and she discussed it with her and they decided to put her into a play, Mary Wade. And ah. so because, I, I, I'm thinking because Scarlett brought it to their attention, um, she got to play Mary Wade. So, oh, I you know, I... I love dress-ups. Okay. And I've got a big box of dress-ups. Yeah. And so I, you know, put this outfit together for her and did her hair and, and you know. Yeah, because it's the plaits with the plaits yeah, that go up onto yeah. the top of the head sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I suppose, you know, for me it just, um, I don't know, it just triggered something. I just mm. was watching her up on stage and... I just thought, I have to have this moment 
because this was a turning point for her. This was a child that came up with, fairly young child, who came up with this idea, um, you know, was involved in the process of making it all happen and there she was presenting it and doing it really well. I was so impressed with her. Mm. And so I think um, as a gift to her, I thought, well, I'm going to do her painting. It took me some time to be able to work it out and to, to get it to where I wanted. And even, you know, I uh, had to turn it away. I had to put it up against the wall for a period of days to to just, because, you know, I'd become so close to mm. it. It's hard to see it objectively. It really yeah. is. It really is. And uh, one morning I came down here and I turned it around and I, I actually felt shocked by it. I thought, oh, my God, she's in there. There was something about it, you know, I'm not a hairy fairy, airy fairy, hairy fairy <laughs> person at all. And but I felt like it had caught or captured some of her aura, mm. and there was I know exactly what you mean. Oh, yeah. it, it really freaked me out, and it freaked me out so much I had to turn it away again. <laughs> and then uh, a friend came over, and we we're just having a cup of tea, and I said, "Oh, I've done this painting. Oh, give me a look, give me a look." I'm like, "No, I don't think so." And I turned it around, and she just didn't say anything for ten minutes, and I thought, "Oh my god, it's really bad." It's got to be really bad. <laughs> and finally she just went, enter it. And I went, what? And she said, enter it into the drug moran. I'm like, oh, come on. I said, oh, no, I'm not going to do that. And she said, no, you need to. There's something about this work. I don't know what it is. You've just got to do it. Mm. And, uh, you know, and I said, no, I'm not, I'm not ready. I'm never ready. I'm never ready to be oh, out there in the big wide world. Mm. And she said, "So even what? to enter it, you felt you." Yeah, I wasn't. I felt like I wasn't ready, mm. and you know, in some ways, I wasn't ready. I certainly wasn't ready for the media stuff. Mm. But I think uh, what happened was she she was really supportive, and she just said, "What is the worst that can happen to you?" And I said, well, well, I wouldn't get in. And she said, so that's no biggie. If you don't get in, you don't get in. Mm. She said, what's the best that could happen to you? And I said, well, I could be on the, you know, semi-finalists on the website. <laughs> and she said, and what would that do for you? And I, and I said, well, it would put me out there a bit, I suppose. And she said, exactly. So put it in. <laughs> Little did she know what she was getting you in for. I know. Wow. I know, I so know. when you say the media attention was difficult, was that because you hadn't thought through? Oh, look, it was a really funny. It was a bit of a... So I went up to um, my sister's got an apartment there and we went and stayed in Sydney and my mother and my daughter and I shared one room and uh, we probably all snore. I don't know, but I'm going to blame my mother, bless her. And so I didn't sleep at all. Oh. And originally when I got in, I was so excited. And they said, you know, would you be available for the morning for the media release and then for the opening? And I'm, yes, of course. And then uh, the day before, and, you know, it's a generic email, 
you know, once again, thank you for coming, or, you know, for entering your, your picture. And um, it said, it was written, so it said, uh, we hope you are still coming to either, either the media release or the opening. So I'm like... So you thought there's no chance you've won? Oh, absolutely none. So, I, you know, and both my sisters were in, um, well, one lives in London, the other one was visiting. So I called them and I said, well, I, I didn't win. And they said, well, we knew you weren't going to win. Just getting in was great. And I said, yeah, I know. I know, but it's weird. I still feel vaguely disappointed. <laughs> And uh, one of my sisters said, yeah, well, 150,000, that's a lot. That's a lot yeah. to feel disappointed about. Yeah. And um, I said, yeah. So the next morning, because I hadn't uh, slept, I actually said to mum, oh, maybe we just go tonight and we don't go this morning. Right. <laughs> and she said, that's ungrateful, Megan. You need to go this morning. <laughs> okay. And, yeah. So there you are. So uh, so you were really tired. I was that. beyond exhaustion. You know, like I literally had two hours sleep, I think. I was uh, so, so tired. Uh, and I think, you know, I was, I was very grateful. I was really grateful that it was in. But once again, you know, my tired self doesn't deal with people. Mm. My, I think you most know, people are yeah. Like when I'm well rested, I'm, you know, I can, I'm fine, completely fine. But when I'm tired, it's my quiet self and you know my introverted self. Mm. So you're expected to sort of say something, I presume, straight away. So you yes. wouldn't have had anything prepared. No, nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Nothing prepared and. Um, really, all I wanted to do was sit on the floor, rock back and forward and cry, <laughs> you yeah, know, but of course you yeah. can't, you don't want to look Because it's overwhelming. It, <laughs> yeah. What, because it's an overwhelming feeling? It's, it's very it's overwhelming. It's a bit shocking. Yeah. It's shocking. Yeah. It's overwhelming. And, you know, I know that for some people it's probably less so, but, you know, I had stopped painting because you know, by the time Scarlett was three, she was in the studio, in my feet, and mm. that became really, really tough. I, you know, I used lead white and cad cadmiums and stuff, so, mm. and just the toxins, uh, and I just thought, I, I can't have her in here. Mm. And then my father uh, got um, cancer. Mm. And so, you know, I'd, I was led away from painting again. So mm. that um, show that I had at the... The fairy tale one. Oh, yeah. um, that was the first time I'd painted since 2009. So there'd been a huge gap. Oh, I see. And so this came on the tail. The Doug Moran came on the tails of that. It did. So, so you were just putting your toe back in the water when I all was. this happened, right? I was. Right. I was. And you have you've, you've said in your blog that it was a life changer. Yeah. Doug Moran. Can you, in what way? It, well, in so many ways because. Uh, and on so many levels, obviously, um, to be chosen, uh, you know, when you're amongst so many incredible works and really great artists and artists that were, uh, you know, in my mind, there was a couple of works there that I actually felt should have won. 
you know, and you think you, I guess, you know, I felt very, I had a mix of feelings. Mm. So I felt guilty on one level because I felt that um, I wasn't worthy and that there were artists that had worked a lot harder than I had for years and years and years. And um, on the other hand, you know, I felt that it was really cathartic that I gave up painting for Scarlett and that I should enter back into the art world with a painting of Scarlett. I'm just jumping in here to give some context to this next part. After Megan won the prize, one leading news source reported on her win with the following headline, Part-Time Cleaner Megan Series wins $150,000 portrait prize for painting of daughter. And she talks with me about that here. I think the journalist was looking for an angle. And, you know, I remember actually speaking because it was around about the time that uh, the National Art School was under threat. And I said that, you know, I'd graduated with um, first degree honours and that, um, you know, what a difference it had made to my life being um, a graduate and how wonderful the school was and how it was different from other schools. And, you know, I was talking about that stuff. Mm. And, um, and as a part-time job, I looked after a holiday property and, you know, said as part of what I did occasionally... I had to clean and all of a sudden I became the cleaner who won the art prize. Mm. And that so must have been an awful Well, thing. it was I first and foremost, you know, actually I'm a single mother. And then I am and that's a huge job. And yeah. then I am an artist. And you know, that is now the older she gets that becomes more balanced. So I'm a mother and I'm an artist and that's what I am and um, you know there is so there's so much more happening in that than cleaning a house three or four times over a period of a year. Yeah Um, it's a shame that the the media need to feel as though they have to find a headline that is going to be clickbait for on the internet. It is a shame it is a shame Um, so uh, you know on the one hand I can see why they do it and, mm. you know, and perhaps in, in some ways it could have even worked in my favour because people want the rags to riches story. They do. They, they think, okay, that's great. And, you know, I'm, I'm a poor artist anyway, regardless of, you know, whatever I'm doing, I'm still going to be poor. Um, but it was, yeah, it was definitely clickbait for yeah. them. And to finish off, even though it's not related to the art prize, I'm going to leave you with one of Megan's most inspirational comments. I will always adore Betty Churcher, who was at my graduation, and she looked at all of us and she said, the one thing you need to know about your career is that you are your truth, that you stick to your guns no matter what comes in and out of fashion because it can be fickle and faddish but you just stick to your guns and stick to your vision and you just keep going 
What a wonderful artist. If you enjoyed this clip, have a listen to the full episode. I've put a link to it in the show notes. Thanks for listening and I hope you can join me for the next episode of Talking with Painters.